You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there, and thank you for downloading this episode of Starting Up from the 31st of January. On the programme today, we focused on marketing as the Dubai Mall fractionally changes its name to Dubai Mall. We were joined by Caroline Stanbury, who gave us advice on marketing and personal branding. Meanwhile, with Arab Health going on this week, our startup in the spotlight was Perry Abuzaid, the founder of PerryCare, which is a Dubai-based company focused on building products that serve the needs of working mothers. And our success story this week was a company called Medical Rescue, who provide integrated medical evacuation solutions. Now, they're based in Australia, but they're looking to move into the Middle East and they consider Dubai a future health hub. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Joining me now from VirtuZone to help me grill our guests is Neil Petch, the chairman of VirtuZone. Good morning to you, sir. How are Feeling you? Feeling on top of the moon, Georgia. I'm very pleased to hear this. You know why this. that is? Why is it? Rory McIlroy drained the birdie putts, winning Teagate against the nasty American. And yes. then I realised, because I've just come back from Cape Town, where the weather's beautiful and where I nature bet. excels. But then I thought... We're so lucky to be living in Dubai. It's beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky. It's sensational. And guess how much tax we have? Virtually nothing. The best thing, actually, about coming back from holiday is normally if you come back from holiday, you feel a bit miserable. But you are quite right. You never feel that way when you live here. felt absolutely blessed. It's very good news. Very good news. Uh, And and I'm pleased to have you with us. Our focus on the programme this week is two-pronged. So we're going to do one bit on marketing and all based on the, you know, what's in a name? What's in a name? Uh, And that's with Caroline Stanbury, who's going to be joining us in the next few minutes, talking about branding and marketing. The Caroline Stanbury. Well, well, yeah, I was was sort of hoping to sort of (laughs) I was hoping you'd do that. We, I'm not quite sure how we go with this. You know, do we do we like because we've got lots of other guests on the program as well. So I don't want to be like it's Caroline, it's Caroline. But I am a bit excited because obviously I do watch the television. Uh, so it's lovely to have her here talking about personal branding. Strong pair for women today, right across the whole show. Look at show. that! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Neil is in the corner. Loving it. Um, But we're also going to focus this week on healthcare uh, because all the world's experts are in Dubai this week for Arab Health. So it seems churlish to ignore it. Worth mentioning that the average spend on healthcare per capita is 4,400 dirhams a year in the UAE, placing the country in the world's top 20 for spending. And the sector is projected to grow to nearly 40 billion dirhams by 2025. So... A decent market to look into if you're considering starting up your own business. And joining us now is one of those entrepreneurs who is hoping to ride that healthcare wave. I'm delighted to welcome into the studio Perry Abuzaid. Now, she's the founder of PerryCare, a Dubai-based company focusing on building products that serve the needs of working mothers and also mothers on the go. Good morning, Perry. How are you? Good morning, Georgia. Good morning, Neil. It's lovely to have you join us in the studio. Tell me, what does PerryCare make? Do you make stuff? Yes, we build products and it was mainly, um, it it came from my journey and my actually struggle when I first became a mom, a working mother, and I realized that I'm forgotten about. Nobody actually cares about the needs of the mother, but mainly the needs of the baby. So I decided to start a company that does nothing but focus on the mom because we are a big part of the economy. We drive the economy, I would say, actually, as consumers, and I believe that we need to be served well. So we do uh, uh, two products for now. 
many coming on the way. We already have some on the pipeline. The first one tackles breastfeeding, which is a standalone nursing pod. So you don't have to sit on toilets to feed or your baby or pump. And the other one is a travel-friendly diaper bag. So you don't have to carry like so many bags uh, while you're traveling with toddlers. Perry, is this, your, is this your first business venture? No, it's ah. not. It's actually my fourth. But I had my good share of failure as well. So I had a successful exit. I had one failing business. So I've learned what not Napoleon to do. Napoleon says he'll take a lucky general over a good general any day. And you've two things that amaze me. You were in profit in month one. How yes. on earth is that possible? And secondly, what a great name for a company. And apparently it's not named after you. So show, no. show, the, show the listeners that you're not that uh, vain. <laughs> I'm not that vain at all. Actually, we focus on mothers in their perinatal period. So PeriCare stands for perinatal care. Uh, my name came in as a coincidence. A it was a nice coincidence. You see? A brilliant. Yeah, brilliant coincidence. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And obviously we'll be focusing on brand and names later on. So we'll have awesome. to ask our marketing expert, Caroline Sambury, whether she thinks it's a good idea to name your company yeah. after yourself, even accidentally. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the reason we're able to uh, generate revenues and profit like very quickly is because of our business model. So we want it to be an asset light company. So mm-hmm. when, the way that we're building our pod is a bit like Lego. So it's, it's very quick to manufacture and very quick to assemble. So we don't need to manufacture them and then start selling them. We, it's made to order. So every PO we get already finances uh, the production of the pod. do you own the pods or do the venues that you sell it to? So we can sell them. We mm-hmm. can rent them. Uh, we uh, offer add-on services including maintenance and cleaning as well as customization and even ad solutions. Um, uh, yeah. And, and then, where, where, where are a couple of places that we would see this in action? Or uh, not see it because internet it's about city privacy, around us. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Internet City. It's actually at Dubai Health right now. So any mom okay. that's going there and needs to pump doesn't need to hide in the toilet to do it. So yeah. do you know, I, I know lo- I've got, had lots of colleagues here at my eye, in fact, who've had babies and come back and they have, you know, needed to pump because you go back to work quite quickly in yeah. the UAE. Sadly, you still need to go back after about three months usually. Mm. Uh, and they usually go to the prayer room. Now, it's lovely that those ladies' prayer rooms exist, but that's not what they're designed for. And it would be so much better to have your own space where you know you can be private. Uh, you know, and ultimately, the very nature of pumping or feeding your baby involves taking off some clothes. So, you, you know, you want to know that you can lock the door, frankly. Absolutely. So what we focus on, actually, is the experience. I personally believe mothers should be able to breastfeed anywhere and everywhere. And this is, we're not building this business to hide women. No, it's to provide them with the right experience and the right comfort that really affects their mental health and the mental health of the baby. So I also believe that um, just like the actually the American uh, Association of Pediatricians, that breastfeeding is not really a, li- a lifestyle thing or it's not a cute thing to do. It's a public health issue because there are so many uh, impacts that it has on the health of the society at large. Like one thing is breast cancer. If you breastfeed for one year, the risk of breast cancer is reduced by 28%. Pneumonia for kids, which kills 2,000 babies a day, if a baby is breastfed for six months, uh, for a year, I mean, um, their risk of pneumonia, hospitalized pneumonia, is reduced by 72%. So I can see moles and so on latching onto this yes. very fast. But what yep. about large corporates? Have you had any traction so we, there? Yes, actually, that was our very first client, actually, employers, because moles, they have an alternative. It's not the nicest. You don't want to sit in a toilet, like, with, you know, smell 
of poopy diapers like feeding a baby. But at least there is sometimes a chair or an alternative. But most employers, they don't have their space. So when they have mothers coming back from maternity, they don't have a place for them to pump. So we offer either um, a smaller version of the pod that can go in the workplace if it's big, or we also offer room conversion. So if you have a meeting room, you can turn that cool. into a nursing room with the same experience and in the that's modular in the pod. way with the Lego thing. Exactly. So it's quite nice exactly. and easy to do. Love that. They're such a lovely space. You know, I'm looking at them on the website now and you, you do indoor, outdoor and room conversion. And they've right. got things like they're really clever. There's a water dispenser, a mini fridge. There's a toddler corner, yeah. a tablet with a built in app suite. These, these are sort of one of the posh ones that cost uh, $1,500. Is that to buy it or from to rent? To rent. That's yeah. a, for a year or a month? For a month. For a month. So 1500 So you get a sense there of, of so how many have you got in the market so, so far? Because you haven't been Three. going that long. That's three, three in the market. Yeah, what we your... only started a couple of months ago. That's my, still amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my goal. I honestly, I want to normalize this. I, I want to normalize breastfeeding support. So I want it to be everywhere. Uh, and so yeah, Perry, we're one of the scale. challenges is you've obviously got a great idea. Everyone that's listened to this, here's your own profit. So now twenty people are going to be thinking, oh, I'm going to go and do the same thing. How do you build a moat around your business to protect yourself? from the competition. Awesome. That's an awesome question. And I think actually every business investor has asked me this. It's two things really. One, um, it's the experience that we do on the inside where we're not really about the pod. It's not, that's just the shell. But everything on the inside has been very carefully designed, including the airflow and where everything is put, the height of the shelves. So really in order to do something as good as what we've done, you need to go and try as hard as possible to reverse engineer and take a lot of pictures. Like it's not going to be that easy. But the other thing that we do as well in order to create a sort of a networking uh, effect uh, or network effect I mean it's um, it's our app so we're going to be launching this in a couple of months which basically allows mothers to locate the nearest pod to consume content to even buy products so if m- women are using our pods, uh, are using our apps, and they're using our pods, then do you have any strategic tie-ups, Mums World, this kind of uh, thing? Uh, Napta Health is uh, a company, uh, our sister company, pretty much actually, and we work with them. And then we've collaborated with uh, different uh, groups like Tish Tash that basically does the Mums Club every every month, and oh, we're yeah, open to collaborate with. Is everybody. there an opportunity to to market ones? You know, so do you have advertising space within these? Pods or oh, something. that is actually hundred percent, and that is one of the things that we offer to shopping malls, for instance, because they can use it as in-mall advertising. So on the back, we actually have like a flat surface that can be either can branded to Georgia Tolly or hundred percent. We have built-in we speakers, uh, built-in so, speakers. Yeah, my so, goodness me! So I think maybe you're going to be you, reaching the parts that other radio stations honest, don't reach. I Georgia. don't think anyone really wants to listen to me when they're feeding. I think Helen Farmer <laughs> is more the vibe. She's got a sort of soothing, calm voice. Whereas I'm a bit. I, I was you know, hoping that my mellifluous tones. Oh, might, you were hoping you'd get so, in there. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're not getting in there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, it, like the advertising um, in these types of spaces is very effective because, of course, you, Mother Care or another company would want, you know, you, you know that the, the woman's going to be sitting there for 45 yeah. minutes yeah. to an hour. She's going to be staring at a screen. So 90% why not? of the time I was feeding my baby, I was shopping online for my products for me or her. Yeah. That is, yeah. Did I, you hear I, that far fetch? Yeah. Ring this number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a serious eBay addiction. Uh, honestly, Perry, we could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much for coming in to join Thank us. You really, for really me. appreciate Good it. Luck. The, yeah. Thank you so much. Neil. I love that we got you so early in the like early days, just Three a few pods months. In. 
Three yeah. pods in, we'll have you in when you're at 300. That's uh, Perry Abizade, the founder of Pericare. They're a Dubai-based company focused on building products that serve the needs of working mothers and mothers on the go. Thank you so much. Thank Lovely you to have you me. here. This is Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business setup with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to the agenda. Welcome back to Starting Up. I'm joined in the studio by Neil Petch, the chairman of VirtuZone and a man well-versed in the wise words and hows of setting up a business right here in the UAE. Neil, thanks for staying with me. Do you know what? I was driving down the Sheikh Zayed Road a few years ago, car full of men, this big billboard, Chris Jenner Business School. And they were like, what does Chris Jenner tell us about business? Well, look at how much money is in her bank account. And Caroline, who we're going to be speaking to in a minute, is a brilliant example of this. Absolutely, yes. So we are also, we've got company, haven't we? We're also joined in the studio by Caroline Stanbury, a Dubai-based British entrepreneur uh, and a reality TV personality. She's also the podcaster behind the incredible series Divorced Not Dead, which Caroline has just told me has got four million followers, subscribers, essentially. Caroline, it's lovely to have you join us. Thank you. Um, very excited to be here today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Now, the reason why we invited Caroline in is because while we're doing a focus on health because of Arab health, we're also doing a focus on marketing and how to name your company. Because you might have heard in the last week or so, the Dubai Mall fractionally changed its name to Dubai Mall. Do you notice the difference, Neil? I wonder how much there? the agency charged for that. I mean, amazing, isn't it? It's a tiny shift. It was announced to much fanfare on TikTok. So they were clearly going for the cool youth market who don't like conjunctions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. Uh, and it did, but it did get us thinking, what's in a name? And how do you choose what to, to call your company? How do you choose how to market your company? And Caroline, you are literally a one-woman marketing machine, essentially. Uh, machine is not, not the most flattering of words. A very beautiful one-moon marketing machine. I do have a young husband behind me who does help me, and he knows a lot about sort of um, TikTok and, you know, all of these things that I didn't know about. But yes, it's all about branding. It's all about um, telling people what it does on the box, I think, which is why the podcast took off. So it actually says what it is. Um, I think that's a perfect example of growing a brand because, you know, two years ago it didn't exist. And I think Divorce Not Dead, it, I was sick of people simply saying, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Are you OK? It was like a pity party every single day. And actually, I'm fine. And a lot of people move on and have amazing lives and great next chapters and, and remain friends with their partners. Why does a divorce need to be such a black hole in your life? It isn't always, you know, and if and you, we should be teaching women that it doesn't have to be the end. And so I think that that's why that became so popular. And just also personal brands, I think, you know, people trust the person more than the product. How did you uh, sort of start your career? Because uh, my understanding is that your, your first sort of public foray was was into a TV show in, in the United Kingdom. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, actually, my career, I started, I raised, um, I, have, uh, I had an online luxury business with 87 female employees um, where I raised the money from Artemis, one of the largest funds in Europe, um, in my 20s. And that was luxury online. So I ended up doing my first reality show for marketing for that. Because I was like, how do you go big or go home? I can either buy a billboard in London, um, who's going to see it? Or I can go to America on a TV show and everyone's going to see it. And that's why I ended up on reality TV. What I would say is there's one thing about Caroline, she's authentic. And, and there's a lot of business people listening to this show and sometimes they, they're advised play safe 
you don't play safe, right? You're, you're real. I just did a podcast yesterday called No Risk, No Reward. I mean, you have to do something daily that scares the hell out of you. Otherwise, you will never get far. Because if you're willing to just to follow the crowd, you're never going to grow. You're never going to do something amazing. And no one's going to really see you. I think years before anyone else really entered the, the sort of public arena of, you know, of, of being an influencer, mm. I think you were already pursuing that dream and that method of, of, of advertising and marketing before it even became a thing. How... I, I, I feel like you might have been one of the early proponents of that. Well, I feel like, I mean, obviously we didn't have Instagram, but I did ridiculous stuff. I shoved my face on a London bus um, because how do you get attention? Taxis and everything. I put my face, like I, I really had fun with it. I would like make my staff lie down in front of my car and pretend I was rolling them over and make funny like Instagram po- you know, posts. And people were like, what is she doing? But everyone looked at it and found it quite funny. And I think in a world right now where everyone's business take, is such a serious arena, I think being funny and being lighthearted, it's not that serious, people. We're not saving lives here. I'm selling luxury and having a bit of a giggle. And um, I think the world's serious enough. So, I, yes, I think if you see me every day, I'm having, I'm having fun and, and work and my work life, my home life. Life is stressful enough. Work should be fun. And if you enjoy it, you can do it. It takes strength of character, though, because along with all the positive messages you get and the oh, enthusiasm for things loads. like your divorce, not dead, you know, the, the fact that people must love it because they sign up to it. Yeah, you must get loads of, you know, you're opening yourself up to criticism if you put yourself on the wire time tons, after time. Tons. I mean, you know, I've chosen a very different life to many what society considers normal. Um, I was a female CEO in England. Um, everyone assumed that I either inherited the money to start the business. Daddy gave me the money. Someone handed me a key. You know, that didn't happen. You know, I knocked on many, many doors and got told no many times. And But I just never, ever gave up till I got my first, I think, they always say the, the first million pounds is the hardest. After that, people write to you. It's very easy when your business is rolling. But the first million was very, very difficult. And I got it. And, you know, then I got the next 10 million. Then you get the next, you know, it just, it comes. Um, it's a machine. But no, no one handed it to me. But I do, it does make me laugh, you know, listening to people because I wish it was that easy. And I'm glad that I make it look that easy because it's really not. Um, you know, even my direction now with Divorce Not Dead, you know, there aren't many. I'm 46. My husband's 28. I get a lot of, yes, a lot of um, backlash for that. And especially in, um, uh, you know, the Middle East, it doesn't happen this way around very often, but it's working. Well, and long should it. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Zone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Yes, welcome back to Starting Up. It's our special segment for entrepreneurs and small and medium-sized business owners. Uh, today, we're focusing on marketing, how you name your company, how you brand yourself, uh, how you how you make yourself popular, I guess, in, in short. We're joined by Caroline Stanbury, Dubai-based British entrepreneur and, of course, reality TV personality who's managed to stay. We've managed to keep her in the studio for a bit longer. So thank you so much for staying with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, okay, so you launched launched your first company in London, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a fashion company, and then you used the TV show to leverage to it. Leverage it. Mm-hmm. What came next for you in your success? Well, I became the breakout star of that show for four years. So I ended up becoming a better, probably a bigger TV personality. Um, so I kept my business, but, uh, you know, did four years of that TV show, which is anyone that's been in reality TV sh- knows it's a full time job. It's a lot. 
But I think, you know, the point of that is it's again, I'm eight years on. And I'm still known and recognized from that show and loved from that show if I go to America. Um, so it's there's something about TV and marketing and everything. People get so involved. People have seen my children grow up since they were one, really. So to come back now on Housewives um, and they see them, you know, 16 and 12, it's it's fascinating for people. So it's I think people feel they're part of your lives and they want mm-hmm. to support you. And that's what a personal brand is. I think support is is key. One of the best things for me about reality is where people get tribal, like you're supporting a football club. Teams, yeah. And I I was I've got to say I was a supporter of Caroline way before I before I knew her. And when you get that you know that conversation going and get behind someone whether it be in a film or a series or whatever there's so much more passion involved and i guess that's something that you leverage in in your in your brand well i came here set up all my companies with neil well yeah. done we yeah. like we like people that I do that don't we Neil? thank caroline because boss had a global campaign be your own boss with Gigi Haddad and Candice Swanepoel and so on and so on luckily for me one of Caroline's friends Lindsay Lohan and her had posed with me with our slogan be your own boss so it was yours first it was yours first thank you Caroline for helping us with that and being able to show it on Instagram are you getting sued (laughs) <laughs> the other no, way around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Collaborating. Oh, what? No way. And we sent Chris Fade to Milan. So you see, you keep on helping Chris oh, Fade. God, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's find out a little bit about how the authenticity that you brought to your personal mm-hmm. brand could then be used for people who are just starting sort of normal companies, like the lady we had on earlier who started Pericare, which are sort of breast breastfeeding units. Well, that's actually a perfect example because she needed that. It was personal to her. The the message behind it is she wanted that to exist. I think those are the brands that do the best because, you know, if you have a man making that particular pod, maybe he wouldn't quite understand how necessary that pod was. What woman really wants to go and sit in a dirty loo and feed her baby? It it doesn't make any sense, does it? Yet you're thrown out of a coffee shop if you put your sweat around your boob and sort of you know, breastfeed your baby. What can you do? It's a necessary part of life. Everybody does it. So I think she has come up with something that was useful that she would have used herself. And I think that is the key to any marketing, really. Carolyn, there's a lot of people here who have huge amounts of followers and Mm -hmm. don't leverage it at all. So how is your journey from being pretty damn popular to actually commercializing it? Well, actually, I call myself like, uh, it's not about, I mean, there are many people with triple what I have, um, or, you know, lots more followers. It's not about that because I, I've never bought a follower. I've never, um, you know, done one of these giveaway things. I mean, mm. maybe once, I think, but all that happens is they come and they drop off. They're yeah. not interested. And I gave up all of that, you know, trying anything like that. I saw other people do it, but it they're not your follower. They don't care what you're doing. Mm. So I prefer organic growth and looking, um, you know, having as you called a micro influencer, yes. I think. And I've worked with Jacob and Co, Aqua Group, you know, like huge brands, and um, none of them care because the people that are following me are what's important. Mm. You know, they are affluent, um, like-minded people that enjoy my content, which means they're going to enjoy those brands. So um, the brands that have been with me have stayed with me four, five, six years. I've never really lost brands because. You know, it it does monetize itself. As for you know, looking for 
personal brands and and if you're a small influencer and wanting to get started look i mean the competition is so high now it's so steep isn't everybody it? is an influencer at this point because as soon as you've got instagram you've got a page right yeah. so you have to stand out you have to be different i you need to get noticed you it's not enough just to take a pretty picture anymore have you set up your own e-commerce brands you know, sh- shoes. Yes. I was always telling you yeah. tooth white. Yes. You've got to get into that with the smile that you and Sergio have. Um, I have. But, you know, again, I, I like to try and sell for other, other people. I was selling for other people because it's just easier right now. After having such a big company and when you've had sort of a, those, a large company like that to run um, and investors and everything like that, I wanted a quiet life. And so I liked working for other you people. You wanted a quiet life. Look well, at Pinocchio over here. Well, it's, I suppose it's not managing 80 staff. Yeah, no, that's how was, 80 staff. How was Royal Atlantis speaking and, of a yeah. quiet life? Well, I mean, I was almost sitting on Beyonce's lap. Amazing. I was on the stage with Chris. We, we had a great time. Every time the water went up, we were getting splashed. It was amazing. I could have held her hand going down the stairs. Could not have had a better time. Oh, my God. People I did would a, have had to hold me back. I would have lunged at her. I did embarrass myself on UK, on the red carpet. They said, what are we, I, I'm dressed for Beyonce. And they said, what are you most looking forward to? I said, a massage. <laughs> And then I realised what I'd said, but a then, massage tomorrow. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what's so lovely is that you that you use your true personality. There's that authenticity. There's that twist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people, in, I think, I think in, to, yeah. yeah. And there's a terribly bland atmosphere at the moment on Instagram. I mean, of course, when you first started, these social media platforms didn't exist. Did you go out there and do courses? You know, how did you learn about no. the platforms? No, I mean, totally by accident. I didn't learn about any platform. First of all, my first company was big. So I had a marketing department, had distribution. I had, you know, it was a major company. So um, I had people to do that for me, to help me learn how to post things. But the pictures and all the ideas, I come up with the ridiculousness because it is just my personality. I like to shock people. I like to do things a little bit different because it makes me giggle because I know that people are going, oh, you know, but secretly inside, they'd love to do it. Who have you had on your show and who have you shocked? On Divorce my, Not Dead. Divorce Not Dead. Oh, I've had Susan Sarandon. She's unbelievable. She really? had her husband who was 35 years younger. Um, I've, I'm doing uh, Diane Kruger this week. Um, I've got had uh, Molly Sims. I've had um, oh, so many uh, uh, good celebrities, yeah, amazing women yeah. coming on and talking yes. about their personal life experiences. Yes. Essentially, yes. I mean the one with Susan Sarandon went absolutely global because I don't think she'd really discussed her private life like that. And I think I because you said I'm authentic, they don't they forget they're on on air. That's the wonderful yeah. thing about podcasts. Yeah. If you don't have the TV camera there, people yes. do do forget. So as far as um, uh, as far as commercializing or, or monetizing your podcast, mm-hmm. how do you structure that? Do you then uh, add sponsors to the podcast? Yes. So I um, have, well, mine's a predominantly female-based podcast, which is, you know, very lucrative, I think, because people want, it's sort of based between 35 and 45, 50 and up. So, you know, that's sort of affluent women um, with a little bit of spare money. So we have, um, I have a podcast hosting company in America, so I'm all platforms over there um, and they look after the show completely and um, it's a female but they have they have um, Michelle Obama on theirs they have I mean loads of very powerful sort of women female entrepreneurs on their their, their podcast platform it's um, one of the best so they actually go out there and get my adverts. Carolyn one of the challenges I suppose is, as you're growing so you move from having a huge amount of followers you move from being authentic and then you're getting bigger and suddenly the team starts 
trying to advise you and guide you and, and very difficult how do you how do you handle that that growth well that's we're kind of getting there again now because i took some time off i was building the house doing the show and wasn't starting a business again now sergio and i are becoming such a brand together and i think people here it's fascinating are really getting behind us we were at an opening of um of a big jeweler this this week actually jacob and um the people behind jacob uh, who are local came running up saying we we love you and sergio and we we watch you and we we listen to your podcast and i was shocked because you know i wasn't sure how how i'm received here and they absolutely love it and i think because of that i i do want to rebrand and have a look at how i can work america and england and the middle east you know much uh, better but um I took on uh, social media companies before and they sort of do sort of want to dull you a little bit, put you down, you know, put, make it a per, yeah, be safer and make every picture sort of flow. And I think people like that sometimes I'm In running Congress. around and my camera is going up and down like a crazy person. And they know that Sergio's is going to be beautifully smooth. Yeah, I love the fact that Caroline is self-admittedly not the best dancer in the world, but that, that character comes through. I'm right? terrible, you, you in, a terrible videoer too. Like considering how many people watch me on stories every day, I'm awful. I always feel, I always want to apologize to the camera. And well, say, you're often moving. Yeah. That's why. You're, exactly. You're obvious, but, that's, but that's very symptomatic of your personality. You rarely yeah. sit down, as no. far as I can tell. You're always on a, a golf cart or in a car yeah. or walking exactly. or going Speaking somewhere. of moving, energy drinks. Surely you've got to get one because how do you guys have all this energy? What's I, the I think he there? keeps me young. I don't, I don't like those sugary drinks particularly, but um, I, you know... So it's no, it's, low not, sugar it's not going to be. It's not going to be a sugary drink. Uh, I, it's definitely not going to be oh, a sugary you, drink. Oh, you're giving giving me one if I just put my foot in it. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. We're thinking to invest to in one, but it doesn't exist yet, to my knowledge. Oh well, uh, well. Sadly, I'm going to have to wrap us up. I'm so sorry. I could talk to you for hours, but we have reached the stage where we need to we need to move towards our adverts and our traffic, and then onto our next success story as well. So thank you so thank much, you for though. Me. George, Clearly, you just say traffic's busy, and spend I know more I could. Time. No, I get into deep trouble. <laughs> I'm already run over by about three minutes. <laughs> but Caroline, you're just too interesting. Thank you so thank much, you for honestly, me. for coming in. It's been a real pleasure, uh, and I can understand why the podcast is so popular. Uh, Divorce not dead. Four million followers. You probably want to add your your name to that number, Caroline. Stanbury, Dubai-based British entrepreneur. I'm claiming the Britishness as much as I can. Can you tell? (laughs) It's brilliant. And a reality TV personality, of course. Watch this space. Who knows what's going to be happening next for Caroline, but it's great to have her in the studio. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone. Business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to the programme. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda. It is our special show designed to give advice to small and business, small and medium-sized business owners, and also to encourage entrepreneurs to make the leap and start their own company. Also with me is Neil Petch. Hi, Neil. You're still here? I certainly am. Good and to And this hear. is a sector which is just booming. It so certainly is. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking about the health sector. Uh, basically, the world's experts are here in Dubai this week for Arab Health. Uh, Worth mentioning that the average spend on healthcare per capita here is 4,400 dirhams a year, and that places the country in the world's top 20. So it is a market to consider if you're thinking about setting up a business. And certainly my next hour, next two guests have... uh Consider that in some detail, I imagine. Australian-based company called Medical Rescue. Uh, they are now launching in the Middle East. And I'm pleased to say I'm joined in the studio by Mick Smith and Glenn McKay, who are the founders. Gentlemen, thanks for coming in. 
Thanks for having us. Really lovely to have you with us. Okay, you are very much our healthcare success story. Tell me about how it all started, because you're in quite a specialised sector, aren't you? I'm going to ask Mick that. This is the thing with two guests. It's like you could get, like you could go with whoever you want. I'll go with Mick for the for the preliminary question. Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, we uh, we first met about twelve years ago. We were uh, I was working as a doctor on a rescue helicopter, and Michael was a paramedic on the same helicopter, which was an interesting way to meet. Um, and soon after, we started discussing just the the gap uh, as as in Australia there was a lot of centralisation of health services. And as a result, the, health, the access to healthcare in the regions was getting smaller and smaller and less and lesser as everything was being moved to the city. And we just identified that actually there's probably a need here to develop a deployable health solution to go out to those regions where industry was moving. You know, the cities have got all the specialties. However, industry is moving out further and farther from those cities to um, you know, explore the mining industry, for example. So, Glenn, tell me exactly what the company does, because, I mean, I've had to use a a medical evacuation solution in the past from here in the UAE to get my son back to the UK very quickly. I mean, the general the general just was they just they just got us on a plane faster. We didn't get our own plane. Uh, So how does it work with you guys? Yeah, sure. So we've got a few different sectors within our group. Um, Our international air ambulance is definitely one of our our busiest um, sectors within the group. So our our clinicians are you know, doctors, paramedics and nurses who are always on standby and we um, are waiting for a call from generally, generally it's the insurance companies who have clients out there who get sick or injured overseas and need to get evacuated back home. So we have really streamlined processes in place. Um, we have a, a dedicated fixed wing, uh, wing jet that is equipped to what you would, for what you'd find in an intensive care unit in a hospital. So um, we take the, the hospital to these remote locations um, um, our doctors and nurses and paramedics are highly skilled and we make sure that you get home very safely with the highest clinical care. Mick, I'm that- quite interested. Normally when someone launches something and it's very successful, it's either a brand new idea or you're doing it much better than the, the, your competitors. This, to me, wouldn't strike me as something that's brand new to the region. So what, what's your USP? Yeah. I like, well, we're both looking at Mick for the difficult, for the difficult answer there. <laughs> yeah, You've got no, millions you're... of letters behind yeah. your uh, name, Glenn, so perhaps you're qualified <laughs> to uh, answer. I've never seen these qualifications before. Ah, uh, yeah. That, um, so th- there's no trick to it. And you're right. That we weren't the first out there to be doing this. Um, but what we did identify is that particularly in the Pacific Islands where healthcare services are not, not at the level of Australia, mm. there'll be a lot of people travelling, a lot of um, tourists who come unstuck whether they've got a medical condition or an, or an emergency from an accident and we just noticed that if we could streamline the processes and move quicker um, we could get deployed faster we could have the aircraft in the air sooner which means we're back in Australia back yeah. into hospitals so we focused entirely on streamlining the, okay. the process to be faster at it. And here would most of your customers be B2B so are you working with the insurance yes. companies and the hospitals because I guess ultra high net worth individuals want to know if they're traveling to a certain country they want to know that they can do these things incredibly fast. COVID was probably a, a situation that really heightened that for people. Uh, yes, it is. So it's, it's all B2B. Um, most okay. people with are travelling have got travel insurance. Um, they contact their travel insurer who then contacts us to, to sort out their repatriation to Australia. Is there less of a need here in the Middle East than, for example, places like Australia where you have the remote mining communities or, or just remote communities? Everyone's pretty close here. There's a need everywhere. 
um, there's no shortage of need, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, we're using the Asia Pacific as an example, but wherever industry is moving into remote places, there's an expectation that they deliver a higher level of healthcare in those places and don't just rely on the local resources. If you're going to a, a small town and you're setting up a mining operation, you, you can't rely solely on that local doctor and nurse in a small hospital to cater for whatever it is you're bringing in in the way of infrastructure and a large workforce. Um, it's a, there's a bit of an expectation these days that you deliver healthcare to your workers in those remote places, and, and that's what we've been specialising on. So not just the deployable asset like the aircraft, whether that be a helicopter or a jet, but also the health team that we put into those mining um, regions, into either the camps or wherever the workforce are living. So we put paramedics, nurses, doctors in there to look after their, you know, the run-of-the-mill problems that you can you can have any day of the week. But because you're in the middle of nowhere, you need somebody to look after those for you. So not just emergency care. If you were expanding into the Middle East with, with your plans, would you visualise Dubai being a, a potential hub? So you would be bringing people from other countries within the Middle East to us here. Is the healthcare system here sophisticated enough to, to act as a hub for the, for the Middle East? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, you know, this would be a, a natural place to be establishing that hub, both for aircraft, for teams to deploy from uh, and to bring patients into for treatment. And pricing is a, a thing that a lot of our, our listeners, you know, they bring in a, let's say, a world-class solution from Australia, from America, from, from wherever. They try and bring it in here and, and then people try and hammer them down on price. So how do you set about making sure that your standards remain world-class but yeah, deal with good, that? Good question. So uh, for us, our focus is on a centralised governance model. So our clinical governance is all out of uh, Queensland on the Gold Coast in Australia. And um, we supervise all of our clinicians, no matter where they're working across Australia, the Asia Pacific, or if they were here, um, through that same team on the Gold Coast. Um, so we would have local staff working here, uh, but all of their clinical reporting would still be through our centralised governance model. Interesting stuff. How long do you reckon before you set up here, or are you already making, setting up an office? Are you already putting down um, roots? We're, we're tentatively. Um, depends yeah, on, on how the response goes at the well, show. Well, right? how, right. how, like how does this go, ultimately? Absolutely. <laughs> we like yeah. to put ourselves at the centre of your business plan, I'm sure. I'm sure that's why. Uh, there's a bit of self-branding and self-marketing there. I've been learning. And see. should you wish to set a company up, guys, you know Well, yeah, 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 you know where <laughs> to go. <laughs> We're at the table, right? <laughs> well, there we go. Everyone can just stay here. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cancel the news that's and we'll just crack on, get the coffees in. Uh, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in. Thank you so much. Really interesting to to hear how, how a successful company from Australia is seeking to uh, to settle, you know, make roots, uh, grow roots, set roots, have roots. Fly into the Fly ether. into the Middle East, <laughs> you see, as your medical evacuation solutions fits in. Uh, Mick uh, Smith and Glenn McKay, thank you so much to both of you uh, for your time. They are the founders of Medical Rescue. And as I say, they provide integrated medical evacuation solutions looking to set up right here in Dubai. And they were our starting up success story, although everyone's been a success on the program today it's been a cracker uh, if you missed any of the earlier interviews make sure you download our podcast starting up just go to dubai1038.com neil it's been lovely come back next didn't week didn't get any questions wrong did i because you didn't ask me any. i didn't Perfect. ask you any questions this week. We, we, we cancelled the company clinic because we had too many guests but but nick neil will be back next week answering your questions so make sure you keep them I coming promise. for him